and welcome to Believing Bigger Podcast Season 4. Yes, feels good to be here. I kind of like in Coming to America. I am very happy to be here. That's how I feel right now. So, episode five. First, let me give a, a shout out and a thank you for the listenership so far in this season. When I say the listens are way up, and I love you guys so much because you know I do like 20, 22 episodes, 26 episodes, depending on what the season is going to be. And then I go away for three months so I can get my life. <laughs> and then I come back. And you guys are right there. And I so, so, so appreciate it. So I always have to start with thank you. Um, please know that you really, truly are appreciated. So the title of today's episode is something that you may have heard in the news as of late. Show of hands. How many of you love Auntie Maxine Waters? Maxine. Oh, my gosh. I just love her. Like, I wish she was a real relative because I would just fly out to California and be like, Auntie Maxine. But you may have heard her say this week, reclaiming my time. And the context here, so if you haven't seen this, uh, listeners, I encourage you to, to Google it and check it out. If you haven't seen this, she's in session and she asks a direct question. She says, why did you ignore the letter that I sent to you? And instead of directly answering the question, the man starts trying to pour on these accolades. First, let me tell you how much I appreciate you. She said, reclaiming my time. She said, sir, just answer the question. And again, he starts talking about everything other than the question. She said, reclaiming my time. He said, well, I don't understand. I thought it was my time to speak. She said, no, actually, you're on my time. And so I'm allowing you this time. And whenever you don't answer the question that I'm asking you, I can reclaim my time and restate what the instructions are so that you can tell me what it is that I want to know. In other words, don't shuck and jab on my time. She said, I don't need you to tell me how great I am. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's noted. Why did you ignore my letter? She's like, let's just cut to the chase. And so, of course, the spirit moved. And I said, that's going to be my next pod class. And so, reclaiming my time. And there is a word. And the word is this, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. And it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So that is our guiding thought. And here's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Number one, we're going to be talking about wise choices. There's a great quote that I learned from my mentor recently, um, and she's a, a quote junkie. And this one comes from Edward Markham, and it says, choices are the hinges of destiny. Think about that. Choices are the hinges of destiny. What you decide today, what you are choosing, how you're choosing to live, with whom you choose to spend your time, with what you plan to do tomorrow and the next day, how you choose to spend your morning, that is the hinges of destiny. It determines what's going to happen next, okay? And so we're going to talk about wise choices. Then we're going to talk about maximizing your opportunity and the urgency of needing to do that. And then finally, we're going to talk about the Lord's will. So let's go. So the scripture says, be careful how you live, not as, as unwise, but as wise. So the opposite of being wise is a fool. Okay. Somebody that doesn't have wisdom is a fool. And we know fools, right? <laughs> we, we, we know several. Okay. People that could be qualified as a fool. And anytime in the Bible that there is a warning, it means that there is a danger or a consequence. So think about last time you told somebody, be careful. 
Why do we say be careful? Because we anticipate that there might be a danger or a consequence if you are not cautious, if you are not on the lookout. And so when the Bible says be careful, that's a red flag. That, that's the yellow sign like, hold up, heads up, antennas up. Think about this. Listen to what I'm about to say to you, because if you don't listen to what I'm going to say, there's going to be a danger or a consequence as a result of your not listening. So it says, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And what a fool believes. So if you're not wise, you're a fool. And I love the book of Proverbs. It was written by Solomon, who was known to be the wisest man who ever lived. And so Solomon has much to say about people who were the opposite of what he was fools proverbs 18:16 says this a fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion how many of us know people like that you can't tell them nothing but they got so much to say okay so much proverbs 18:2 says a fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating Anybody's mama ever tell you, don't let your mouth write a check, that your butt can't cash, <laughs> okay? So running off at the lips. Proverbs 26, 11 says, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. In other words, is a fool who repeats his mistakes. And this one, I had to pause for a minute because I had to think about how many times I've been the kid who had to touch the hot stove more than once. You know better. You know better. You know where this road leads. It's a very predictable outcome. And yet somehow, like a dog that returns to its own vomit, which is gross, by the way, it's a gross visual, and it's done so to have the kind of impact, is a fool who repeats his mistakes. A mistake that you repeat more than once is a decision, is a choice, okay? At that point, it's not mistakes. It's not, whoops, this is intentional, Okay, choices are the hinges of destiny. What you choose now determines what happens next. Whoever walks with the wise, this is Proverbs 13, 20, says whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. In other words, who you with? Who you hanging with? Who you hanging around? Who do you allow to absorb your time? And so if you spend in time with a wise person, uh, as the saying goes, show me your friends, I'll show you your future depending on who you're spending time with, will determine what the outcome is going to be for your life. So if you're spending time with wise people, you will become wise, okay? But the companion of fools will suffer what? Harm. Harm. Ecclesiastes 10.2 says, A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Here's the thing, and this is why I'm overweight. I'm going to say that podcast so some of you listeners you've never met me y'all all over the the country y'all all over the world and y'all like I've seen your pictures yeah from like the waist up I'm feeling myself from the waist down hips don't lie what Shakira say Shakira Shakira hips don't lie um and it's because I know what it, I know what's right to do I'm just not on that one day I'll have a, a podcast about watching the Netflix documentary, What the Health and My Plant-Based Life, which I feel great, by the way. Okay, I have lost a chin. Praise God. Okay, I have lost a chin. Okay, so it, the, it's working. Okay, however, th that's just the chin. We got, to, we got to work our way down. Now, when we get down to some of these extra roles, then, then we got something to talk about. But, okay, I know what is right to do. 
And how often do we know exactly what is right to do? And yet, foolishly, we go left. We know what's right. We know it. We don't need anybody to tell us. We grown at this point. And yet we go left. And as a result, we end up in trouble. So the bottom line is this. A fool is someone who is wasteful. A fool is someone who is reckless. A fool is someone who wastes opportunities. A fool is someone who wastes money. A fool is someone who wastes time. And so the Bible says, be careful not to be that person. Okay, not to walk as unwise, not to be a fool, but as wise. Which brings us to reclaiming my time. It says redeeming the time, reclaiming the time, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And so reclaiming your time looks like this. When you're maximizing opportunities, many of us have deluded ourselves into thinking that we don't have opportunities. This is why I often always talk about social media because social media at the end of the day really is just a tool. Social media is a tool, okay? But it's not. It's not just a tool. The key to marketing, okay, so if anybody has any sort of marketing background, the key to marketing is really grounded in psychology. You have to make people feel things in order to get them to take action, okay? The reason why you share things is because it made you laugh so hard, okay? I have a friend who's actually in pod class right now. What did she post on her timeline? Uh, She said, me, when I found out that a friend doesn't like Mexican food and it's, it's a picture of her throwing somebody out of the car onto the freeway, I was like, yes, when you don't like Mexican food, we cannot be friends. We have to reevaluate some things, right? And it's funny. And so we see that, we laugh, we share it because we felt something. And so we want other people to feel what we felt, okay? And so social media makes us feel things even when we don't intend for it to be that way, okay? It's not just a tool. So it can make us feel happy. It can make us feel sad. It can make us feel insecure. That's why I spend so much time talking about it because it's not just a tool. I know that it is used in such a way that it makes people feel certain ways, okay? And so sometimes we'll look at social media or we'll look at people around us and we start to think that we don't have opportunities and that's not true. It says, redeem the time, okay, make the most of every opportunity because the days are are evil. And so you might be thinking, well, what opportunities are those? Listen, just because your opportunity doesn't look like or sound like a brag-worthy social media post doesn't mean you don't have an opportunity. It doesn't mean you don't have an opportunity. Pie class is open to all. And one thing that I have learned is that proximity is power. The closer that you are to somebody who is successful on an upward track, why do you think, I mean, and I'm not throwing shade, but we know this happens. Why do you think in high school, certain girls latch on to the athletes that might not be so much right now, but they make that early investment. They, make, they stay close to them, close to them because they see his potential. They see the activity and the attention around him. And they know that the the more proximal, the closer they are to where he's going will determine where they're going. And so when you talk about opportunities, pie class, being close to somebody, being in the room can make all the difference in the world. Having a seat at the table, as Solange likes to say, can make all the difference in the world. And so when you have an opportunity, here's the opportunity that you have. You have access to free tools and resources that are often underutilized or poorly utilized. What do I mean by that? You have access to Facebook and Instagram. So we're talking about being entrepreneurs, influencers, 
platform builders. We want to have impact. Okay. We want to change lives. We want to make people feel better. Okay. And we want to inspire people and we want to motivate people. So you have access to these tools. How much do they cost? You can say it. Let the people hear you. Free. Free 99, right? Free.com. Okay. Free. Because for Facebook and Instagram, what's the product? We are. We're the product. That's why they give you free access so that they can charge advertisers buku buku for access to us. We the real prize. Okay, so that's why it's free. But you have access to Facebook. You have access to Instagram and Snapchat and all the rest of it, right? But how are you leveraging it to generate income? Yeah, your kids are cute and so is your cat. I get it. But is that making you money? I mean, if you're going to use your kids, you know, Pimp them. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> there will not be no Joe Jackson's up in there. Okay. But if, if you're going to use your kids, um, use them in such a way that it generates some sort of activity or revenue. So it's like, wow, the way that you captured them makes me want you to come and capture my kids that same way. Okay. Like, so you have access to these free tools, but how are you using them to generate income? And here's the thing. Here is the thing. Because when I talk about entrepreneurs, okay, entrepreneurs don't make money. I've said that many times. Entrepreneurs don't make money. Entrepreneurs create money. Create money. You make money when you got a job. When you got a job, you make money. When you're an entrepreneur, you create money. And when I talk to new entrepreneurs, they have they, they don't like to sell because, one, they don't like being sold to. Nobody likes feeling like they're being sold to, right? It's like, oh, dang, why let this Mary Kay person roll up on me and tell me my skin was so soft? Like, oh, my gosh, I love your skin. What are you using? And you thinking like, yes, girl, next thing you know, you got some, what is it, satin hands or some craziness? It's like, no, and, and no shade. So if I got Mary Kay sellers, don't, don't send me no nasty grams. I love you, but you know that that's like part of the pitch, right? Okay, because nobody likes to feel sold to. But when you think about a lot of the things that you've bought maybe in the past three, six, 12 months, did anybody really have to sell you? You saw it, you liked it, and you discreetly purchased it, right? Even if you didn't like, like the picture, you saw it, you screenshotted it, and you discreetly purchased it, right? That's how it works. And so how are you using Facebook and Instagram to display your brand in such a way that it attracts revenue? Netflix. Okay, Netflix, $9.99. So it's not free, but it's cheap cable. Love me some Netflix and snacks, okay? Are you watching content on Netflix or are you producing Netflix-worthy content? There's a difference. Are you consuming it or are you producing it? Communism, so I believe it or not, okay, so I don't know if you guys knew this about Dr. Shante. I was a sociology major, okay? So we talked about Marx, okay? Marx Weber. And Marxist... He said that the people who really have the power are the people who own the means of production. Not the people that consume it, the people that own the means of production. In layman's terms, behind the scenes makes the greens. Neo, yeah, you might not have bought a Neo album from Neo, but do you know how many songs Neo has written for other artists that you love and have bought from? And Neo just sitting up there getting paid while you like, to the left, to the left. He's like, yeah, girl, cha-ching, cha-ching. Okay, that's how that works, okay? So are you a consumer of content? Are you consuming things on Netflix, on Pandora? Or are you producing content so that you can begin to leverage those talents and engage people, a certain audience, finding gaps in the market so that you can generate revenue? Where do you want to sit? Do you want to sit in front of the TV or do you want to sit behind the camera? I will tell you that it's much more profitable to sit behind the camera than it is to sit in front of the television. How much time do you spend on your phone? There's actually an app. There are several apps that will tell you how much time you spend on your phone, how many times you pick it up, 
How many times you look at it, you might think like, oh, it's just a quick second. All them quick seconds add up. All those quick seconds add up. And they tell you at the end of the day that you were on your phone for eight hours. You're like, you lying. Ain't no way I was on the phone for no eight hours. No, you might not have been on there for eight hours straight. But you were on there for eight hours. You picked up your phone some 766 times a day and you're like, dang. So think about how much time you spend on your phone. If you're going to spend that kind of time on your phone, what are you doing? A lot of times when I blog, so when you see blogs posted on drshante.com, the company that uh, hosts my website is Squarespace. And Squarespace has an app that allows me to blog on the go. So when I do blogs, I usually do them from my phone. I don't necessarily have to be sitting in front of a laptop in order to do that. And so if you're going to be spending time on your phone, what, are you blogging? Are you vlogging? What are you doing? Uh, there's a young man, a young director, and I shared this with my mastermind group. His name is Matthew Cherry. Matthew showcased or debuted a film at SXSW, South by Southwest, last year that he shot, shot on two iPhone 6S's. Whole full-length feature film movie on two iPhones. And it was about an Uber driver who was having some sort of internal struggle, and so it was all about the passengers that came into his car in order to help him resolve and talk through the struggle. But he shot the whole film on two iPhones. And we think we don't have opportunities. We think we don't have the resources. We think we don't have the tools. Yes, you do. But there's something called functional fixedness. You think that the only thing that the tool is good for is what its obvious use is. But it has so much more. If you stop for a minute and say, is what I'm doing with this tool productive? Is what I'm doing with this tool lucrative? Is what I'm doing with this tool going to advance me closer to my goal? So when we say redeeming the time, reclaiming my time, making the most of every opportunity, what opportunities? These opportunities. The question is, what are you doing with them? Or are you allowing them to slip through your fingers? So in order to reclaim your time, here's what that looks like. So I'm going to run down a list of things. One, you're going to have to say no to some outings. I know. I just saw Girls Trip. It was hilarious. Okay. But you can't go on every girls trip. You have to reclaim some of your time and spend some of that girls trip time doing some of the things that are going to advance you closer to your goal. Uh, reclaiming your time looks like mastering your craft. There's a difference between good and great. There's a difference between good and great. Let me tell you about podcasts, listeners and people in the room. Podcasting really is, is fairly straightforward. I have podcasted some episodes using a, uh, an app on my phone. I can sit at home in my drawers and go bitty, 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 Stop the recording, send it off to be edited, and boom, I'm done podcasting on my merry way. Podcast, this is a production because there's a difference between good and great. There's a difference in the kind of listening experience that I want my audience to have. There's a difference, okay? Are there other things I could be doing right now? Yeah, <laughs> couldn't we all? We got better things. Well, I ain't gonna say better, okay? But we have, we have other things that we could be doing, right? But I wanna master my craft. I wanna master my craft. So that when I go out there and I say, this is, who I, this is who I espouse to be. This is the title that I hold for myself. Because when you start saying who you are, people are going to Google you and say, are you really? Are you really that person? Can you back that thing up? Girl, you look good. Can you back that thing up? And I want to say, yeah. Look at my body of work. And it backs that up. And the body of work that I put out, now, I, as I've said to many of my podcast listeners that have been with me through the struggles, 
some of my episodes are horrible in terms of sound quality, not content. One, uh, one or two, I probably would take back. But yeah, <laughs> not in terms of content, really, but in terms of sound quality. But I kept working at it. I reclaimed my time and continued to master my craft. Reclaiming the time looks like this. Doing more work behind the scenes. Man, y'all, you ever notice how sometimes artists just go away for a little while? Beyonce don't post for two, three, four months. And you'd be like, dang, B, what you doing? You just want to know what's going on. Because she's working behind the scenes. She working on an album. She doesn't give you all access into her studio process and all the late nights and early mornings that she spends. Do it again. Do it again. One more take. One more take. Okay, we need that one more time. That's work behind the scenes. Everything doesn't have to be an Instagram-worthy accomplishment. Reclaiming your time means do more work off camera. Do more work on the low, okay? When we talk about things like movie premieres, we don't see when the movie is being shot or filmed. We just see when it's premiering, the red carpet, and then we go see it and we're like, yay! But all the work that happened before that happened behind the scenes, off camera, okay? Create some distance between yourself and people who like to waste time. There's always going to be somebody who ain't doing nothing. And when I say ain't doing nothing, nothing worthwhile. Nothing that is in alignment with what your goals and dreams and ambitions are. Stop explaining your vision to people who don't have one. That's a waste of time. Reclaiming my time? <laughs> like, I can't. Okay, the Bible talks about don't cast your pearls before swine because they're going to get trampled. You toss your dreams out there on somebody that doesn't have a dream and they don't understand. Reclaiming my time means being focused on people instead of profits because focusing on people generates profits. Believe that. Nobody wants to believe that because it's like, no, I need money. I need money now. Yeah. And so many people miss out on big money later because you chasing quick money now. Reclaiming your time means being authentic instead of being cookie cutter. I can literally go on social media right now and pull out 70 bloggers whose Instagram feed pretty much looks exactly the same exactly the same staged white light natural background marble like exactly the same I'm not knocking it but it's everywhere it's cookie cutter so reclaiming your time be authentic instead of being cookie cutter and the urgency to do that the bible says because the days are evil think about that think think about the times in which we live you ain't got to think long or hard think about the times in which we live the signs are evident that we don't have as much time as we think we do even though you can get some pushback on this, but I believe the signs of the time are all around us. In the news this week, they're talking about employees getting chips, microchips in their hands and whatnot, so they can scan in and out and buy snacks at the vending machine. And I was like, ooh, that sounds like some Mark of the Beast type stuff, like, you know, sign of the times. The signs are evident that demonic influence is growing and not shrinking. Every time I go to the movies and there's like some sort of horror film, it's always about like some demon-possessed kids. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, why, why are the babies being targeted into like some demonic, satanic, you know, people living under the stairs and the floorboards and the sewers? And I'm like, what is that about? OK, that's an intentional agenda of the enemy. OK, signs are evident that believers are being persecuted for their beliefs. You can't say you love the Lord and you can't start talking about the Bible. You'll get some shade thrown, some side eye. People start labeling you and calling you a conservative GOP member. <laughs> okay. You know, you, you can't say like, this is what thus saith the Lord without getting, you know. And, and, and Jesus said, he said, don't be surprised that they hate you because they hated me. He said, they hated me. The signs are evident that darkness is spreading and we have to be the light. What does the word say? Let your light so shine before men. Okay. And they're looking for light. 
So the days are evil. It says, therefore, understand what the Lord's will is. And this is talking about having a life of purpose, a life of impact and having a life that is other centered. And so I want to close with an example. This is Jesus reinstating Peter. So Jesus has gone and died on the cross and y'all know what Peter did. He denied him, acted like he didn't know him and all of that. So now that Jesus has risen from the dead. And so this is after the resurrection and, you know, all the disciples are back huddled together. Jesus pulls Peter to the side and he says, Hey, let me holler at you. And here's what it says. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? You know, looking at the other disciples, Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. I Googled the difference, like what's the difference between a lamb and a sheep? You know, cause I use these terms inter interchangeably, right? But there is a difference. A lamb is 12 months old or younger, which made me feel all kind of guilty about every lamb chop I've ever ate. I was like, oh, I don't want to be eating the babies, even though so tasty, so succulent and tender, right? But I was like, mm, I'm so glad I'm off meat right now because I really felt bad. I was like, I didn't know it was baby babies. Okay, so lambs are the baby sheep, okay? But lambs, okay, because they are the age that they are, lambs are babies. They are the ones that are still learning that need to grow and mature. Jesus asked Peter, he said, do you love me? He said, yeah, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then help the ones that are still coming up. Help the ones that are new, new, okay? Pull them to the side and let them know they slip is showing, Okay bring them in. Okay. Take them under your wing and said, if you love me, help somebody else said, if you love me, feed my lambs, feed the babies, but that's not where it ends. Verse 16 says again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Think about this conversation. He asked him, he said, take care of the babies. And then he asked him again. And he said, take care of my sheep. In other words, it's not about you. I've said this so many times, your brand, your business, your talent, your gift is a vehicle to reach out to others. But that's not where it ends. Verse 17, he asked him a third time. Okay, Jesus asked him a third time. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And the Bible says that Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. He said, if you love me, stop thinking about yourself. If you love me, stop thinking about how many likes you're getting on your post. If you love me, help somebody else. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed the people, okay, that are thirsting for me, that are trying to live this life on life's terms and struggling. You know, when I started this podcast, um, spoke to some execs, some higher ups, because my, my early numbers were like really impressive. And they were like, yeah, tell me about your show. And as soon as I start, as soon as I said the word faith-based, it was like, <laughs> needle scratch on the record, right? They said, well, you know, sponsors, they really don't like to take a stance with, you know, certain, you know, you know, you know, you know. And so basically the, the line was, if you want sponsors to sponsor you, if you want success, then, you know, you need to kind of scale back on that Jesus thing. Nah, nah. 
And here I am knocking on the door, 75,000 downloads. When the average podcaster at the end of two years is like 6,000 downloads. Why? Feed my sheep. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, believers, listeners, people in the room, in case there was any, any confusion, doubts about how this works, about how this operates. Let me be very clear. I don't get one thin dime for doing this. Nothing from no one, no sponsors, no big checks, no ad agencies, nothing, nothing. I don't get paid for this. So you mean to tell me you done recorded what, like some 75, 80 podcasts for nothing? No, not for nothing, for you, for you. Why? Because I love him. If you love me, help somebody else. Help somebody else. I don't even pass the offering tray like church. Bloop. Okay. <laughs> I don't even pass the offering tray like in church. I don't ask for donations. I could. I could monetize this at some point. But now I don't. Because God has continued to bless me. And so reclaiming my time is about helping other people. Reclaiming my time is about maximizing every opportunity in order to reach and help somebody else. That's reclaiming my time. So now is my favorite part of pod class. This is where we turn it over to our audience members. And so I'm going to call on one or two people so that you can tell me what is your biggest takeaway? How is it that you are going to reclaim your time? What does that look like? What does that even mean to you? I feel like this was right on time for me um, because my business is um, basically translating other people's brands on social media. And um, a big obstacle that I've had throughout my whole time of having a business is determining how much to charge because I know what I bring to the table but then it's always that doubt in the back of my mind of okay if I say this much you know am I am I even comfortable asking for this much for what I do but um this just confirmed I need to charge what I'm worth for my business and then for the things where I give my time be okay this is my give this is the thing that I'm supposed to do and just give away and be okay with that but then when it comes to the thing I charge for it charge I need to charge for that thank you for saying that because please know even if you have a non-profit non-profit don't mean no profit you think Susan G Komen don't make money you think the American Heart Association ain't making money please they got big dollar dollar bills y'all okay but then like you said so but there are things where they give okay so it's not that they don't solicit donations it's not that they don't have big ticket sponsors and things like that but when they give, they give. It's not that they don't generate funds and all of that. And so absolutely, okay, for those of you that are, are running a business, charge what you're worth, but also give. It can't be 100% all the time, profit, 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 profit taking. You need to have some sort of philanthropic arm of what it is that you do that showcases that you understand that some people just don't have the means to access what you have to offer. And because they don't have the access, you recognize that and you create opportunities for them to get access to it. You know why? Because once upon a time, everybody in this room was broke, busted, didn't have a pot to piss in or really a window to throw it out of. And somebody out of the kindness of their heart who had resources and abundance reached out to you and created access for you to take another step forward. Right on? So believers, listeners, if you have questions, comments, takeaways, don't send me no Mary Kay shade, okay? <laughs> but if you have things that you want to say, please, please, please do hit me up at Dr. Shantae Says on Twitter. Hold on, we got we got an eager beaver, an eager contributor. Yes, talk about reclaiming your time, sis. 
this was very much on time for me as well. I feel for reclaiming my time. More importantly, I feel I need to reclaim it from myself. Like, I don't think that there's been anybody around me that I can say has been wasting my time or I haven't had people around me. But I know and have learned for the most part that um, it's been me. Like, you know, when you say, like, reclaim your time, like, how do you want to show up in the world? What what your body of work looks like? Do you want to be on the looking at the TV or behind the camera? And for me, it's just I know what I want to do. It's just kind of like I keep telling myself, well, I got to get this together. And then I got to get this together. And then I'm guilty of paying attention to other people and looking at what's happening around me and then basing off of that, okay, well, I don't want to repeat that, so what should I be doing is instead of really honing in to what I know I should be doing and reclaiming my own time and doing all those things and holding myself accountable, you know, because I don't have necessarily, like I have other business people and other people that, you know, support me or pour into me and things like that, but ultimately, like, I need to hold myself accountable for how I want to show up. And all God's people said, Amen. Right. <laughs> so, yes, believers, if you have questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter and Instagram, and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Believing Bigger with Dr. Shante. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to follow Dr. Shante, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. Until next time, keep on believing bigger. <laughs>